0: Hallelujah! Jesus, I love you because you care. I couldn't imagine. Come on, open your mouth and sing it. If you weren't there, Jesus, I love you because you care. Couldn't imagine if you weren't there, Jesus. I love you, I love you, because you care, yes, Lord. I couldn't imagine Lord, if you weren't there. Right now, just tell him how much you love him. Come on, somebody open your mouth and just speak to him right now. Thank you, Lord, for your love that never fails. Hallelujah! 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 Thank you, praise team. I I could not think of a better more appropriate song that could introduce my message today. If you will go with me to the book of Lamentation. Lamentation is sandwiched between Jeremiah and Ezekiel. Very short portion of scripture and yet so powerful in its message. Lamentation chapter 3. I would like to begin reading with verse number 15. Jeremiah, who wrote this after the fall of Jerusalem, he said, he hath filled me with bitterness. He hath made me drunken with wormwood. He hath also broken my teeth with gravel stones. He hath covered me with ashes. Thou hast removed my soul far off from peace. You have separated my soul from peace. I forgot prosperity. (laughs) And I said, I said, My strength and my hope is perished from the Lord remembering mine affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall, my soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. Hmm. Yet this I recall. Yet this I recall to my mind and therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in Him. Amen. If you listen to what I read, you would be aware that Jeremiah confessed that at one point in his life, hope had vanished. Hope had disappeared. It had evaporated from his life until he recalled this one thing. Because of this, I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. I want to talk to you for a little while, if the Lord will help me, about what can revive What can revive hope? Would you clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. I dare say that none of us fully comprehend the value and the worth of hope in our lives. And I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about that indispensable element of life. The word hope. Biblical definition of hope is desire with expectation of good. It literally means to wait or tarry for something better. Hope involves our dreams, it involves our future, our anticipations. And when you look into the Word of God, hope is described in many ways as a living thing, a living hope. In another passage of Scripture, it is defined as a good hope. Another passage speaks of it as being a better thing. Another passage speaks of it as being a blessed thing. So perhaps that's where Elder Kilgore got his good, better, best from. Hope does that for us. Amen. Its presence in our life produces so many good things. Purity, patience, courage. Joy, salvation, assurance, stability, all of those things are mentioned in Scripture as tributaries out of the river of hope. Someone said that a man can live about 40 days without food, about three days without water, eight minutes without air, but only a second without hope. It is so powerful that none of us can fully comprehend how significant it is in our lives. And it has such influence over so many aspects of our life. It has the power. Hope has the power to sway so many vital parts of my life. And it impacts me in so many ways that I cannot even begin to enumerate them. But if you would allow me, I want to mention just a few. But hope has sway over my confidence. My trust is shaped by hope. Whether there is an existence of it or not in my life, my attitude is influenced by my hope. Whether I am an optimist or a pessimist depends on hope's influence in my life and my courage, my boldness, my bravery to face life is affected by hope. My faith is swayed by hope. What I believe and what I hold to be true, my future is fashioned by Hope's influence. My tomorrows. But sometimes. Sometimes in life. Hope. Gets sick. Hope. Goes through enough. And suffers enough. And deals with enough. That it. It grows. Sick. And it. Becomes distressed. Sometimes it even dies. Life has a way of doing that to all of us. The book of Lamentation is one of the saddest books of the Bible. The reason that I have been drawn toward it is not because of the sadness. But because of the star of hope that shines in the middle of its passage. It is literally the funeral dirge of hope. It was the death kneel of hope. What you read in Lamentation is an eyewitness account, a report of what was happening, the carnage that was left when Babylon had come in, and destroyed the powerful city, the proud people. And the the writer is looking at the devastating effects that it had had on all those who survived. And this is the man's account of what he had lived through and the most horrific events of his life and history had unfolded before his eyes. And he writes, he writes while his heart Is broken. His heart is sore with the tragic details of what had happened to Jerusalem. There's a lot of weeping. There's a lot of tears. There are a lot of fears. And Jeremiah describes what he saw as he walked through that devastating rubble of a once proud city. And he characterizes in the most vivid and artful details the destruction of this mighty place. And what Jeremiah saw, what he saw, was not what had been. He saw a city broken down in ruins. Desolation was everywhere. Nothing was spared. And tears flowed so freely. The heart was broken in a thousand people. And this is what I want you to get at the very beginning of my message this morning. Is that what he saw affected what he said. Would you say that with me? What he saw affected what he said. Some manuscripts have this note added to them to the beginning of the first chapter and the first verse. And it reads like this, and it came to pass, after Israel was led into captivity uh, captivity, and Jerusalem was laid waste, that Jeremiah sat lamenting and weeping with this lamentation over Jerusalem and said, And this is where chapter 1 begins. How does the city sit solitary that was full of people? How is she become as a widow? She that was great among the nations and princes among the provinces. How is she become a slave? The dark shadow was cast over this beautiful place. And as he looked around and as he walked through the city, he saw the great fortress walls that had protected them. They were laying flat. No stone was left upon another. He looked at the gates that had been so secure and had been closed to keep out their enemy provide safety to all of their families. They were broken and tattered. And smashed to pieces. He looked at the temple. And his heart broke. As he saw the place of worship. Was totally desecrated. And ruined. And all of the holy festivals. And the Sabbath. They were all silenced now. And he continued on. And as he walked through. The rubble, he saw homes demolished and destroyed. He looked, but there was no leadership left in Israel because they were all slain or taken into captivity. The city that had once teemed with crowds of people is now silent and empty, save for a few poor dirt farmers that were left by the Babylonians. For those who remain, there are only tears and sobs that are heard through the night as they weep over the mournful condition of their beloved city. Silence supplants the noise of bustle of a market, and all of her strength is vanished. Jeremiah describes her as a widow. He describes her as a disgraced princess. Her majesty is stripped away. Her friends have betrayed her and they have now become her enemy. And the scripture repeatedly said, though she looked for somebody, there was nobody that could comfort her. She has fallen and there is no one to lift her up. No one left to help her. She is despised and struck down. He describes her as being tossed to the side. Like a dirty, filthy rag. She is stripped naked. She is humiliated. All she can do is groan and hide her face. She lies in the gutter with no one to lift her out. Plundered completely. And bitterness is her fate. They had lost everything precious that they owned. Desperation had seized what remained of the people that were there. And they searched for bread, but there was none to have. Children were dying in their mother's arms because there was no food or substance to give them. The slaughter of the people was everywhere, and it was complete. It was total. Trampled like grapes and crushed under the heel of the oppressor. Weeping and tears flowed. He said this of them, my children have no future. Let them be, and he talks about what they were going to remain, as if that was etched in stone and nothing would change it. She reaches for help, but no one comforts her. She cries until the tears no longer come, he said. Her heart is utterly broken. The thought of her suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words, and Jeremiah said, He said, I will never forget this awful time. I will never forget. I grieve my loss. I grieve our loss. Who has ever seen such sorrow? Wounds as deep as the sea. And who can heal us? Who can help us? Jeremiah wailed and I said, my strength and my hope is perished." Gone has left me. The glimmers of hopeful future had vanished from his eyes and all that remained was the reminiscence of what once was and the painful memories of what all had been lost. And then one verse, one verse changes the whole tone and gives hope. And he said this. He said this. I recall to my mind, therefore, I hope. Another translation said, then I remembered something. I remembered something. And when I remembered it, it fills me with hope. He said, yet hope returns when I remembered this one thing. Another translator said, but I have hope when I think on this. Another said, this I have reminded myself. Yet I will dare to hope when I remember. I want to thank God today that we have the ability to recall. Now, for some people, that's torment because they use that recall the wrong way. It literally means to turn back. It's the same word that is used in Scripture and other texts for the word turn. It means that he turned away from something and towards something. And not just to the place of where he started. This is the interesting thing about this word recall. It does not mean just retracing your steps back to where it all began. Where it all started. It means going beyond that. Back to the very beginning. Back to the start of it all. To God. You see that's the problem with most people in life is they never get past their failures. They never get past what went wrong. They never get past what turned the wrong direction in their life. They never move beyond that point of failure or that point of loss. They're still trapped in what happened in their life A bad relationship. A bad situation. This thing went wrong. This thing was broken down. This thing was done wrong. I did this wrong. I made this mistake. And we go back to that point in our life. And we rehearse those things. And we think that we have dealt with them when we do that. But in reality all we have done is just put another bullet in the head of hope. Because if that's as far as you go hope will always die. Because there's nothing in us to hope for. There's nothing in us to be hopeful of. Because in myself dwells no good thing. And I am too prone to fail. So when Jeremiah recalled, he didn't just go back to where all this started with Jerusalem and say, okay, let's, let's think about how all of this came about. But he. He he just kept moving. He went on past their, their failures. He went past their rebellion. He went past the hardness of their heart. He went past all of the mistakes that they had made. And he kept traveling until he got all the way back to God. And when he got back to God, hope came back to life. Hope revived. Hope resuscitated. Hope began to breathe again. In his soul, he began to realize that as bad as it was, it wasn't the end. The worst is not the worst. The worst is that I don't go far enough back. The worst is that I don't travel far enough to see that back there somewhere in my past is a God who is faithful and a God who is loving and a God who is merciful. Amen. And so he goes back to the point of beginning, and he begins with God. You see, too many of us are only going back to our failures, and that's as far as we go. And we wonder why we can never get away from them. We can never overcome them. We we, we pray through, or we think we do. We think we've got it all under control. We think we've dealt with it. We come to the altar, we shed a few good tears, we remember all the mistakes, we rehearse them before God, we say, God, please forgive me for those, but we never realize that we are not over them until we go past them, back to the very beginning. And remember that before you ever failed, there was a God that loved you unconditionally. There was a God that had you on his mind before you ever had a mind. And he had you worked out before you could even work one thing out in your life. And that is where you and I have to go if we're going to see hope revive in our hearts. And because of this, because... He went far enough back, he decided, you know what, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait on the outcome. I'm not going to put this in stone. I'm not going to put this in concrete. My failures are not going to be all there is to my life. And so he goes far enough back. And when he considered all of that, he said, you know what? I think I'm just going to put a pause on my feelings right now. I think I'm just going to put a postponement on my emotions right now. Because they're telling me it's over. You've made too many mistakes. You'll never recover from all this. You'll never get past that. Nobody will ever let you live that down. Amen. Jeremiah said, you know what? I think I'm going to I'm going to wait. I think there's a better verdict out there than what's coming in right now. I'm not satisfied with what I'm hearing. I'm not satisfied with what I'm even saying. Amen. You know, sometimes, church, you have to be careful what you say. Because what you say is going to eventually become what you see. What you say, what you speak out of your mouth is going to become. And all that Jeremiah could see when he first came into the city was everything that was wrong. All of the failures, all of the misery, all of the pain, all of the suffering, all of the loss, all of the hurt, all that had been torn down, all that was rubble. That's all that he could see. And so he began to speak out of what he saw. I'll never get over this. I'll never recover from this. My hope is perished. My hope is gone. I have nothing to live for. I have no reason to even hope for a better tomorrow. But when he put a pause on that, he gave God the opportunity to step in And show him just how strong he really was. You see some of you need to put a pause. You need to push that pause button on your emotions and your feelings right now. Because they're lying to you. They're telling you that you are not worth the effort. They're telling you that you'll never be anything other than what you are. Just one big old miserable failure. That as hard as you try, you'll never climb any higher than you are right now. And your feelings are telling you that there's just no way out. There's no way through. There's no way over. You're not going to recover. This is the end. This is the death kneel. And you might as well start singing along with it. But I'm here to tell you, you better change song. Because there's a better song to sing than the death meal of hope. There's a song of praise. There's a song of hope that can come alive in your soul today that said the Lord lives. The Lord God omnipotent reigns. And because he lives, I can live also. And because of this, he decided to stay those feelings when he considered not his misery, but God's mercy. Maybe that's what needs to happen to some folks in this place today. You need to get your mind off of your miseries and just start contemplating the mercies of God. Amen. The mercies of God. The compassions of God that fail not. You know, the songwriter by the name of Chisholm wrote this great and beautiful song that we sing, Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. But he got it wrong because he said, Morning by morning, new mercies I see. And when Jeremiah looked around Jerusalem, he didn't see any mercy. He saw judgment. But when he looked there, he saw mercy. He saw compassion. He saw love that was unending. He saw compassion that never failed. They were new every morning. Oh, I wish that I could preach what I feel in my soul this morning. You see, some of you are caught up in the coldness of how people have treated you and you have failed to realize the compassions of God that are trying to embrace you. It doesn't matter what people have done to you. What you need to be mindful of is what God wants to do for you. He wants to embrace you in His arms of compassion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Get over it, amen. That's what we're told, get over it. But it's not as easy to do as you think unless you figure out what Jeremiah figured out. That I got to make certain what I'm looking at because what I see is going to affect what I say. Because as soon as he shift his focus, Listen to how his tone changes. Listen, go read the book. I've read the entire book. I've I, I, I read it in four different translations this the past few days. And I'm telling you, there's nothing hopeful in what he writes until you get to that one segment in chapter 3. And for a brief moment, Jeremiah was able to lift his eyes above the brokenness around him. And see a God in unbroken form who was faithful and loving. He said his love never ends. It never ends. One translator said that when I recall that his love could not ever end. It couldn't end. Because he's love. God is love. And if love could stop, then God would have to cease existing. And when Jeremiah considered that, he thought that's impossible. It is impossible for God to cease being who he is. And because he is who he is, there is an unfailing love that he extends toward me in the midst of my trouble and the midst of my failures. Mm-mm-mm. Not my losses, but His love. And because of this, Jeremiah said, I dare to hope. I dare to hope. Amen. When I remember this, I dare to hope. I wish some of you would dare to hope today. I wish some of you could hear what the Spirit's trying to say to you and the breath of heaven that's breathing over you right now trying to resuscitate that starving, sick hope of your heart. I wish some of you could understand that the compassions of God fail not. They fail not. They fail not. You fail. You make mistakes. You stumble. But His compassions never fail They never fail. They never cease. They never stop to be. They are there morning by morning. And he said, I will say. Everybody say, I will say. I will say. say. That's what he went on to say after he talked about God's faithfulness. He said, I will say. I will say. I will say. What are you going to say? I'm going to say that the Lord is my portion. The Lord is my portion. If I'm going to claim anything, I'm going to claim the Lord. I'm not going to claim my failures because my failures are not going to define me. My mistakes are not going to make me. But God's going to help me. God's going to help me. He's going to empower me. And I will say, the Lord is my portion. And because He is my portion, I have hope. Hallelujah. What do you have hope of, Jeremiah? I have hope that one of these days there's going to be a new Jerusalem that's going to be fairer than the noonday sun. I have hope that one of these days everything's going to be put back in order and God's going to right every wrong and he's going to make every story turn out right. Hallelujah. Some of you don't realize this, but but what you say has a lot to do with what you see. Man, during times like these, the key to how you come through it is what you say about what you see. Amen. What are you saying about your present situation? Or what are you saying about your portion? Amen. Some of you need to quit talking about your present situation and start talking about His portion. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it with me. It is the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. The only reason that I am still here It's because of His love that never ends. Amen. They are His mercies. They are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is Thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in Him. Amen. Somebody needs to understand that hope can revive. The truth was when Jeremiah looked around and when he traveled as far back as he went, he saw new mercies. He saw new mercies. Amen. You see, hope needs to define my life, not my hurts. I'm talking to some folks. I'm not jumping up and down right now, but there's some of you that have been so hurt in your life, it's taken a long time for you to get over it. And some of you aren't over it. You still recall certain things are said. You get in certain situations. You hear a name. All it takes is a name to trigger Those feelings and those emotions. And what we don't realize is that our hurts are still defining us. My hurts are still defining because that's as far back as I'm going. And if that's as far back as you go, that's all you're ever going to get. It's just more hurt. Now you can, you can, you can scab over, you can callous over, you can become hardened, but that's a dangerous thing to do. Hardness is always a danger for us. But if you can go past your hurt, you'll get back to hope. Because God is a God of hope. Amen. You see, this is what I know about hope. Hope will carve a tunnel through every mountain of disappointment that I come to. And lead me to a better day. And not allow me to be trapped in my present circumstance. That when there is hope alive in my life. It doesn't matter what that mountain looks like. Hope is going to tunnel its way through. It's going to find a way to get to the other side. Because hope knows that on the other side there is victory. There is deliverance. Hallelujah. Clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to close with this one. You need to stop wasting your days on your past. And get into his past. What has he been? What has he been? Faithful, just, good, compassion, loving, true. Come on, help me. What has he been? Forgiving, merciful, kind. What has he been? What is God? God is love, unending, unfailing, never dying, never fading. Love. So when you go past your past, you get back into his past. And when you get into his past, you can dance for joy. You can shout aloud and say unto the Lord, he is my portion. He is my portion. He is my victory. He is my tomorrow. He is my future. Come on, stand to your feet and praise Him right now. Hallelujah. Don't waste another day on your past. Get into His. Faithful. Merciful. Never ending. Amen. The Lord, I wrote these words down yesterday. He began to talk to me. He said, you need to look past your grief to my goodness. Get your eyes off of your failure and see my faithfulness. Stop drinking from the fountain of regret and start drawing from the well of remembrance. Stop drinking from the cup of misery and start drinking from the fountain of mercy. Amen. Stop meditating on your losses and remember my love. Unfaithful unfaithful never ending will you let me read this passage from the message translation and I know that it's a very liberal loose one one man's translation but there's He has such insight. He said in verse number 19, He said, I will never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the trash of ashes, the poison I swallowed. I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember. The feeling of hitting the bottom. The feeling of hitting the bottom. Somebody's at the bottom right now. Hitting the bottom. But when I got to the bottom, there's one other thing I remember. And remembering, I keep a grip on hope. Because God's loyal love couldn't run out it it couldn't run out because if it ran out there would be no God his mercies or his merciful love couldn't have dried up it couldn't have Because they're created new every morning. Every day that I wake up, he has produced a whole new batch of mercies, compassion that fail. How great He said, I'm sticking with God. I say it over and over. He's all I've got left. (laughs) You know how hope is revived? It's when you go far enough back that you get to Him. When you start thinking about the goodness of the Lord. And all that he's done for you. Your soul is going to cry out. And when that soul begins to cry out, hallelujah, there's going to be a liberation that comes. Amen. I'm not going back just to my past. I want to get lost in his past. I want to get lost in who God is. He is faithful. He is loving. He is compassionate. He is merciful. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning, new verses, I find. Amen. 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 Lord, we love you today. I feel so humbled to be in your presence right your love and mercy Just to know how much you love me. How much you love me. Though in my heart how much you care for me. I have And how much you try to encourage me. To believe, yet that my past is not a problem faithful, to you. My failures are not a problem to you. Because you have enough mercy to cover it all. You have enough love to embrace it all. So faithful to cover to it. Me. Love covers a multitude of false. Looking back, your love and mercy, your love I covers a multitude of God, I believe you're talking to us today. Some perhaps that have been trapped in the world of their own mistakes. And when they look around them this morning, all they see is rubble. The broken pieces of life. What was, what used to be. They see only, only what's not there. So faithful to. Me. Oh God, would you help us right now to see what is here? You're here right now. You're here right now. You're here to embrace, to put your arms around us this morning and draw us into your loving care. Hallelujah. Oh God, I pray right now that every heart will be open. And they will embrace They're you today as you embrace them. So faithful to me. Yes, you are, Lord. You are faithful. Hallelujah. He's been faithful. Faithful to me. If it had not been for the mercies of the Lord. would have been consumed but I have not been consumed because there is mercy with me. I believe there are some of you standing here right now that just need to slip out and meet me here at this altar right now and let God's mercies embrace you one more time and his love embrace you one more time and his compassions enfold you one more time Come on, he's faithful. Faithful to me. Looking back. Your love and mercy I see. Oh,